Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on August the 7th, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Welcome to our service here at St. James. My name's Elizabeth, and we'll be hearing later from our rector, Ian. And I know there are a number of people from all over the world here with us for the first time. So let's see, uh, let's have a a shout out to, is it Brigitte and Karen? Yeah, and you're from, yeah, from Denmark. Oh, there are three, and the other name? Two bridges. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Eric is here from Vancouver. Yeah. And Pippa from South Africa. Yeah, welcome. And Sheila and Johnny. There they are at the back from Edinburgh. <laughs> and Lan- Lance and Sally. Wonderful. <laughs> And Terry and Anne from Essex. (laughs) And who do we have on? Where is Lisa? Where is Lisa this time? Can you unmute Lisa and let us know? I'm back in Brunei. Brunei, excellent. And and Judy is in Oxford. Where else have we got? Oh, Oh, Louise is in Spain. Where yeah. are you, Ralph? I'm in Barcelona. <laughs> I'm in Belgrade. Belgrade. Wow, we really yeah. are international today, aren't we? <laughs> so you are very, very welcome to all of you. We will have tea and coffee afterwards if you would like to stay. I've spent the last couple of days with somebody from Michigan who I've only ever met on Zoom. So it was very nice to see her here in Edinburgh. And, you know, she showed me something about seeing the city through another person's eyes, through the visitor's eyes. And I also watched how she um, paced herself according to her own internal tempo and her own style and her own needs. And she, she chose not to do a lot of the tourist things. She wanted to see a little bit of my area. And we did go down to Britannia at the Ocean Terminal. And she was introduced to tea and cake in British style. And she tells me they would normally have pies or wine in the afternoon, or perhaps a charcuterie board. And so there's something there for us about, you know, come and and taste what we have on offer here, but come and have it in your way, in the way that's right for you. Maybe you might try some new things or learn some things here, but also be you, because we're all here individually. And we have a big thing in St. James about inclusivity and belonging, just as you are. So please be you and come and meet us as well and see where we can connect together. We always light a candle at the beginning of our service. Is, have we got a little one who's going to do this? Perhaps might come through. No, Ian, Ian will do it. Ian will be the little one. <laughs> 
and we're going to light our candle and ring our singing bowl just to bring us into a little bit of stillness. You might want to ponder just in those few minutes, what's the light that you come seeking here? How would you name that light for yourself? What is it you come hoping for? Let's light and listen. taking a couple of breaths, whether you're in the building or at home or on holiday, slowing down a little as we enter this sacred space. So inviting you to follow on in your sheet under the opening prayer and those of you at home to unmute so that we can hear you. We love to hear you in the building. Friend and stranger, welcome in the name of Jesus. We gather together, putting our trust in the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Blessed are you, O God, maker of heaven and earth, giver of all good things. Creation sings your praises. Blessed are you, O Christ, Son of God eternal, bringer of good news to the poor. Creation cries out for justice. Blessed are you, O Holy Spirit, giver of life and renewal, uniting us in worship and service. Creation longs for wisdom. If you'd like to stay seated while the music group play this song through completely once, and then we'll stand.
say our confession together. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. First reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1, and then verses 10 to 20. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Joham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king, kings of Judah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bringing offering is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation. I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil from your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson they shall become like wool and if you are willing and obedient you shall eat the good of the land but if you refuse and rebel you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken hear what the spirit is saying to us thanks be to God listen now for the gospel Alleluia. Hallelujah. 
Our Gospel reading this morning is from Luke. Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 40. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Loving God, be with us this morning and help us to awaken to your treasures, all that you have to give us. Help us to be expectant and desiring of you. Amen. Well, again, I'd like to... Uh, Echo Elizabeth is welcome to everybody, especially the visitors, and it's lovely to have such a, an international um, congregation, both at home and here. Um, I wasn't expecting to read that Old Testament reading, um, uh, but when you read it out aloud, it's quite, it's <laughs> quite hard-hitting, and I thought the gospel, potentially, they both could be quite um, hard, you know, feel like they're... Um, about an angry God that's uh, kind of uh, uh, um, out to get us if we don't uh, do the right thing. Um, but I actually, I'm going to look at the New Testament reading, and I, I don't think that's the case, actually. I think it, it speaks of uh, the generosity of God and uh, the character of the God that we worship. And understandably, God is, you can't define God. You can't... Uh, um, uh, Put God in a box. So constantly we're using metaphors. God is like, God is like, God is like, to try and um, get some sort of taste of the character of God. And we have this incredible metaphor uh, in the gospel of God as a divine thief. I mean, it's two words you wouldn't normally put to, together, a sort of juxtaposition of two very different words of divine and thief. Um, an incredible uh, metaphor of this idea of God, a, a burglar that's going to come in the night uh, and become a thief. And I'd like to explore uh, that a little bit later. But I really want to 
um, start at the beginning of our gospel uh, passage, which starts with this beautifully soft and tender sentence, which follows on from last week. Sally was talking about the tenderness of God. And starts, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. No holding back. A generous God who desires to give us the kingdom, all of God's riches. And then whack, we have this sort of second sentence, which is probably one of the biggest challenges uh, for Western Christians, uh, for many of us who live relatively affluent lives. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourself that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief, that word again, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So really saying if we prioritize wealth and status, we will only gain treasure that can be stolen by a thief or destroyed by a moth. I think the language here is important as it gives a sense of the foolishness of hoarding, of storing, stockpiling money. Instead, we are offered by God treasure that will last. And I think it's a challenge that questions our priorities and where our security lies. It asks the uncomfortable question, what do I spend my time on and how do I spend my money? And maybe it's good for us to reflect from time to time on our calendar and on our wallets to gauge where our priorities lie. And then we're encouraged to give alms, to help those in need. And again, this links very closely with the Isaiah reading that I read, which um, is so powerful, where the prophet is telling uh, Israel that worship without being a community concerned with justice is abhorrent to God. And that communities that reflect God are communities that are concerned with justice and need to learn to do good. And it talks about seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. So it is important to give alms and support a variety of charities, which uh, this church does, which is excellent. And the previous church I had gave money for charities, as we do. But it is actually more than that. It is actively seeking, rescuing, defending, and pleading for the marginalized, and being a voice, an advocate for the voiceless, both in our immediate context and further afield. And then we come, uh, have this call in the gospel reading to be ready. And it says, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. And again, I think our automatic response to this passage is to read it as a bit of a threat, a warning that God is coming to get us, to judge us if we're not ready. And I think that completely misses the point. I think it's more a call to not miss out on life, on the treasures that God desires to give us. Jesus is inviting us to be present to the one who is already present. 
to be present to the presence of God in each other, in the world around us, and in ourselves. It's the call to live in the present moment. And our ability to live in the present moment does not, I think, come naturally, especially when we're waiting for something and when we're in a rush, when we're very task-orientated. And much of our lives is spent waiting, waiting for someone to show up, waiting for something to happen, for things to change, waiting for the right job, that special someone who's gonna make our lives complete, waiting for a diagnosis or a cure, waiting for answers to our prayers. And it's an important part of life. But it is so easy when we're waiting that we're so concerned and focused on the future that we lose the present moment. And when we lose the present moment, either way into the past or to the future, we potentially postpone life and miss what's known, what the mystics call the sacrament of the present moment. And I think Jesus is telling us that even while we're waiting, we should also be present and living in the present. Similarly, at busy times, we're constantly rushing and thinking of our next task. And again, it's very easy to move away from the, the present. Elizabeth talked about her friend who was teaching uh, her a little bit about going at her pace when coming to Edinburgh. And I think I've learned uh, the importance of that, of, of what I call slowing down to the right pace of life, slowing down to the pace of life. And I, I'm very bad at it, so uh, I'm as always preaching to myself. I try and make a conscious effort to slow down, especially when busy. And ironically, when I do that, when I slow my mind, I often actually get more done. And I think Jesus models this ability to be present and slow down to the pace of life. And one of the first things uh, that you notice in the gospel is that he walks everywhere, giving him accessibility, giving him the opportunity that he might meet uh, people. And I often wonder what Jesus' ministry would be like if he was driving around in a car. I mean, it was, <laughs> it would be, um, and I'm sure he'd probably, even today, he'd probably make, be walking everywhere. And as he walked and journeyed, if you, if you read the Gospels, he was always willing to pause and focus all his attention on an encounter with another person. The amazing thing about him is that he is totally present at that moment. I mean, he's got someone he's going to to heal. He's got important things to go to, to think about. But when the moment comes, he is absolutely present to others. And there is nothing, nothing more affirming or healing than somebody being totally present to you. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. When someone is completely present to you and they're listening, they're not coming in and fixing, they're, not, they're just present and holding you. And the opposite is when you meet someone and they're distracted and they're, that that's, can be very sort of disorientating. So being present to other people. And there is, I think, in society, this ever-increasing acknowledgement of the importance of living in the present moment. I don't know if you remember Eckhart Tolle, I think it was in the 1990s, wrote the book, uh, The Power of Now, which has sold, I think, two million 
uh, copies since 1992. And there's large numbers of people practicing mindfulness and meditation as they try to cope with the increasing stresses of the world. Many turn to Buddhism and Eastern religion, Eastern spirituality, to access this wisdom on how to be more present, how to learn to be more present. And I think one of the church's failings is that we fail to show that living in the present moment is central to our faith, is central to Christianity and much of Jesus' teaching. I mean, I have, I have been on so many clergy uh, conferences on growing churches, how to grow churches, and I don't think I've ever or very seldom heard mentioned the idea of providing quiet space, meditation, centering prayer as a way of attracting people uh, to our communities. So Jesus is inviting us to choose life, to be awake enough to savor and experience fully each moment, to be attentive. And it says in our reading, blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. I mean, that is an astonishing statement in first century Palestine, where it would be unthinkable for a slave uh, to be served by their master, absolutely, completely out of their consciousness. But Jesus is saying, if the master, if God finds you ready, expectant, desiring, hoping, then God will fasten his, her belt, gird his, her loins, and wait on us, serve on us. God desires to wait on us, to be the servant of our souls, to feed us. God wants to provide us with a feast and serve at our table. An incredible uh, turnaround of God serving us. And if we do this, if we are awake, if we are present, desiring, it says that God will come at unexpected times, in the middle of the night, maybe in our dreams, at dawn like a thief, a burglar wanting to steal our hearts. And this wonderful metaphor for God as the great intruder, desiring to break into our lives, to give him herself away, to give us freedom, joy, and uh, love, is at the heart of this gospel reading, to give us life. This is the treasure, the kingdom queendom, that a moth cannot destroy and a thief steal. And if we are awake enough, if we are attentive enough, if we begin to notice what is before us, we may increasingly experience life in its full range of textures, colors, emotions, and the living God at work. And the unexpectedness is important. God is not under our beck and call and appears only when we're praying in church or uh, doing holy things, but is sovereign, blowing where he, she wishes. So that it, de it doesn't depend on our efforts, but really on grace and simply being awake enough and present enough to receive all that God gives us. So today we have a God who is generous, so generous in fact, that he, she gives all of himself, herself to us. A God who's deeply concerned with justice and that all have enough. 
a God who seeks us, requires us, desires us to seek, to rescue, to defend, and plead for the marginalized. And a God who is a divine thief, a divine intruder and lover of our souls and bodies, who wants to steal our hearts and break into our lives, to be in the midst of all that we do. And our part really is to desire this, to expect this, to be awake and attentive enough to receive this generous, unexpected God. And if we desire, expect, and remain attentive, there is a promise that we will receive the divine in unexpected ways. Amen. Well, challenging readings today. So let's just, in our quietness, open our hearts to God as we pray together. God of all, we thank you for being here with us today. And as we come into your presence, we open our hearts and invite you to fill us with the treasure of your spirit, the treasure of your compassion for others, and the treasure of your unconditional love for us, so that we can live our earthly lives holding treasure that will transform us and help us to serve others. And as we pray, I'll finish up each prayer with the words, Lord of treasure, and ask you to respond with the words, help us to seek for your treasure. Lord of treasure, help us to seek for your treasure. Lord, we strive in things for life to make us comfortable, for things that give us enjoyment and pleasure, always hoping that somehow it will make us happier. We work to make life better, we save if we're able to, and yet often, Many of us still struggle with life. Forgive us in our desire to store up treasure on earth, losing sight of the treasure that can only be found here and now in God. And forgive us in our business if we fail to share our treasures with families and friends, with foes and neighbours. Lord of treasure, help us to seek for your treasure. So Lord, at the start of this week, we pause to thank you for the treasure that you have given to us, family, friends, activities, food, a country that's mostly at peace. For these things, Lord, we thank you. Lord of treasure, help us to seek for your treasure.
And Lord, not everyone in this world has experienced times of treasure just now. In fact, often the opposite. And we lift to you those who have fled their homes due to war or natural disaster. And we just plead that you'll give wisdom to politicians across the world that they might indeed fight for justice and fairness and for looking after people. We remember those who live in refugee camps, for those who are still traveling, remembering particularly those who have come to Leith and who are living in a liner. We remember those whose desperation for a new life is such that they take their lives into their hands in crossing the channel. Lord, we ask you to be close to these people and especially to politicians this day for your guidance and wisdom. Lord of treasure, help us to seek your treasure. And we lift to you those who are sad and sorrowful today. Lord, in the midst of pain, of difficulty and despair, may those who worry and who fear find treasure in you. Help us to be treasure bringers to those who need your comfort. And in a moment of quietness, let's just open our own hearts, asking God for ourselves and for those that we know who are in need. Lord of treasure, help us to seek for your treasure. And Lord, we are so aware that for so many, earthly treasure seems in short supply. And we pray for those who struggle with the demands of life. Those who are struggling to make ends meet in the cost of living crisis as it soars. And people have to choose between feeding and heating. We remember children who may go hungry during school holidays. And yet we still thank you for the food banks and for all they do to help, even though we wish we had no need for them. Help us to keep our eyes open and our ears open to those who need our love and support at this time, that we might indeed serve them like you have served us. Lord of treasure, help us to seek your treasure. So dear Lord, as we have prayed, our hearts overflow with praise and thanksgiving as we realize that God is not out there somewhere distant and seated high above us, but is here with us in this moment, not distant, 
but close, here with us, even in this building today. And our hearts overflow as God's being infuses us, as God's love warms us, shelters us, comforts us, and as God's Spirit gives us strength and hope and passion and purpose, even in the difficulties of life. And our hearts overflow as we know we need not fear God and that God's treasure is closer than we can feel, deeper than we can know, wider than we can see, and more real than we can possibly imagine. And our hearts overflow with praise and thanksgiving to know that the place we have searched for is here and now, here in this place, here in this town, where we can experience your presence. And that the time we have been searching for is here and now. So, dear Lord, help us to look for all that you're doing right now, Help us to be treasure seekers and treasure bringers. This week, by the way we spend our time and our money as much as by our words. And as we share your life-giving story with the people we meet this week. So Lord, we offer these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. making himself known in the breaking of the bread, speaking peace to the fearful disciples, welcoming weary fishermen on the shore. He renewed the promise of his presence and of new birth in the spirit who sets the seal of freedom on your sons and daughters. Before he was given up to suffering and death, recalling the night of Israel's release, the night in which slaves <coughs> walked free, and at supper with his disciples, he took the bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it 
to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, broken for you. And after supper, he took the cup, he offered you thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all, that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. We are coming, Lord, to the table. We are coming, Lord, to the table. With the gift of bread, we are coming, Lord. With the gift of wine, we are coming, Lord. Oh, sing it over. Oh, we are coming, Lord.
rest of today and through this week. Thank you to everybody who's made this possible, the people that we see up front and the people that make it happen behind the scenes as well. And thank you for coming. And especially I want to thank Iona, give us a wave, <laughs> for lighting the candle. Thank you for doing our candle. <laughs>